you know, just to name a few. Uh, today, most of these, I think all these are going to be out of the Amplified Bible. So if you don't have that, it'll be on the screen. Be, be sure you bring your Bibles to church. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we'll get you one. I realize sometimes folks have their Bibles on their phones or their laptops or their tablets. And so whatever manner, that's fine. Just 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 bring your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we'll get you one. But it's important to turn in the scriptures and check out to see if what I'm saying to you is right. The Psalm 91. In light of all the terror we've been hearing about in the news Every day now, haven't we been hearing a lot about terror and those sorts of things? Terrorists decapitating American citizens. And, and uh, we need to keep the president in prayer on that. I don't agree with everything that president does, but he's still our president. We need to be in agreement and pray that he'll make the right decisions that uh, we put a stop to that. You understand? And uh, to, to that uh that's uh, what's been going on, those decapitations of American citizens. It's unacceptable. Um, but it just seemed good to the Spirit of God to spend this morning talking about the 91st Psalm. The 91st Psalm. So I'm titling this 911. Because in the 91st Psalm, that first verse is a key to surviving in the times in which we are now living. Psalm 91 verse 1. 9, 1, 1. Of course, 9, 11. You, that's coming up real soon. Does anybody remember what happened on 9, 11? Back in 2001. You don't want to forget that, you know. And then what happened in Benghazi a couple of years ago. It's, we need to keep these things at, at, at the forefront, you know. And keep these issues in prayer and so on. Um, and not forget. You know, it's real easy to forget. How many of you know it is? And, you know, the news cycle, the way the news... How many of you know the devil's running, running much of the news? Did you know that? Did you understand that? And, uh, and you know, to the point where they'll have, you know, American citizens will have their heads cut off. And then after about two days of the news cycle, they're on to something else. How many of you know we shouldn't be on to something else until that deal's cleared up? Is that right? Until the terrorists have have been brought to justice, that that ought to be on there every day. We need to be dealing with that. Nine one one, nine one one, and this ninety first psalm in the first verse is a key to surviving in the times in which we live. Notice here in the Amplified Bible it says, "He who dwells," I'd underline that word "dwells" or highlight it somehow. He who dwells in the secret place. Notice there's a secret place of the Most High. That'd be talking about God. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, if you're in God's shadow, if you're in somebody's shadow, that would indicate you're pretty close to him. Is that right? Fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. Whose power... No foe can withstand. Now, that's who I want to be close to. I want to be close to God. I've been walking with God, running with God since I've been a kid. I hadn't found anybody better to run with. I'm going to just keep running with him. How about you? Stay real close to him. And there's a secret place of the Most High that you can get yourself into and be in under the shadow of the Almighty. 
you stay close to him. The Bible says whose power no foe can withstand. Now, again, this verse is the main thing that has to be done in order for the rest of this chapter, which we're going to read as we go on here in just a bit. If you want these other verses in Psalm 91 to apply to you, you're going to have to do verse one. You're going to have to do verse one. What do you, what do you mean? I'm going to have to do verse one. You're going to have to get yourself in the secret place of the most high. See, when we get born again, when we repent of our sins and place our faith in the Lord Jesus, we get placed in Jesus. All right. We get uh, into the body of Christ. We become a member of the body of Christ. All right. We're going to miss hell and make heaven at that point. Is that wonderful? But there is a place where you can get. I'm not talking about being born again here this morning. I'm talking about as a believer, once you're born again, there's a place you can get in God, which is called the secret place of the most high. Just because you're born again doesn't mean that you're walking in that secret place. There's some things that you have to do to get yourself as a Christian into this secret place for these other verses that we're going to read to apply to you. You know. Um, if you think about it, almost all the promises in the Bible are conditional. Did you ever think about that? Almost all of them are conditional. I just two, two of them. Remember in Isaiah, the Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Now, there's a lot of people want to eat the good of the land. Be prosperous and blessed, and, and that's fine. But in order to eat the good of the land, you're going to have to be willing and obedient, the Bible says. Did you know there's a lot of people that are obedient, but they're not willing in their obedience? Do you know that if you're obedient without willingness, it's just mechanical, isn't it? God is looking for a willing heart. And if you'll be willing and obedient, then you eat the good of the land. There's condition. You remember when the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi? And he said to them, he said, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How many has ever heard of that? There's a lot of Christians want to claim that verse, but they have no right to it. Because, you see, there's a condition there. And if you study that out, Paul was writing to a church. He said to that church, he said, you're the only church that communicated with me concerning giving and receiving. Then he goes on and he says, therefore, God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, if you don't faithfully support the work of God, however, he's directed whatever work of God he's directed you to support. If you don't support the work of God faithfully, then you have no right to claim that God will supply all your need. Did did you hear what I just said? See, so that's a promise. God will supply your need, but there's a condition you have to meet. You have to be faithful in in supporting the work of God. So uh, the promises in the Bible, so many of them are conditional. And it's no different here with the 91st Psalm. If you want to get the rest of these verses, which we'll read here in just a few moments to apply to you, you're going to have to dwell real loud. Say dwell. You're going to have to dwell in the secret place of the most high. Now, what does it mean to dwell? Well, let me just give you a few things here. It means to make your home in. To make your home in. It means to remain in continually and never leave. 
to remain in continually and never leave. To dwell also means to be anchored in or to be anchored at. Have you ever seen a boat? You ever been out fishing and you, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, rowing down the stream or whatever, you know, and then you get to a place where you want to stay, you want to stay put. And what do you do? You drop down an anchor, don't you? And if you don't drop down the anchor, you're going to just drift and you'll drift away from that spot that you want to be. See, I've I've watched this over the years. A lot of times Christians, I've done it myself. You get yourself in that secret place of the most high. But if you don't anchor yourself there, you'll find yourself drifting out from where God wants you to be from out from that place of protection. See, but if you drop an anchor down like in a boat situation, then that boat will never go too far away from that uh, from that anchor. And so to dwell just simply means that you make you make your residence in, you remain continually in, you never leave, and you're anchored. Now, I'm spending a lot of time here on this dwelling part because it's so important, as I've said, for the rest of these verses to apply to you. He who dwells, real loud say dwells, dwells. You got to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. It's a place you got to get in and stay. Now, again, before I go on, the one thing I'm asked whenever I teach on the 91st Psalm, people will say, well, how, how do I get in that secret place? How do I even know if I'm in that secret place of the Most High? Well, let me just take a few moments. I think it's important because you need to know how to get into that secret place and how to stay in there. And then once you know that, then we'll read the rest of the verses in 91st Psalm and then, then, then they'll apply to you, you see. How do you get into the secret place of the Most High? If you're taking notes, you'd want to write this down. First thing is you need to keep yourself in the Word of God. You need to keep yourself in the Word of God. You need to read the Word of God daily. You need to study it on a regular basis. More than what you would get just coming to church on Sunday morning. Did you hear what I just said? Folks that, I'm talking Christians now, people who are on their way to heaven. But people who just get in the word of God on Sunday morning are not dwelling in the secret place of the most high. Did you hear what I just said? I'm going to say that again because you need to get it. If all you ever get concerning the word of God is what you get on Sunday morning. I you've, you've placed your faith in Jesus. Wonderful. You're going to heaven. That's not the issue here. I'm talking about dwelling in the secret place of the most high. If all you get is Sunday morning teaching. You're not living, you're not dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You need to understand that. I'd say the vast majority of Christians in the land are not uh, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Because, see, you've got to be in the Word of God daily. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to spend 17 hours a day in the Bible. But you need to spend some time daily in the Bible. I use an example of taking a shower. You know... Uh, how many of you ever t- have taken a shower? I hope every hand goes up or a bath, one or the other. I don't take baths and you're just laying in dirty water. But my wife, she takes baths and she puts all the bubbly stuff in there. And I, I take a shower. But the point is, the point is, can, can five minutes in a shower make a big difference? How many of you know it can make a whole lot of difference, can't it? See, the devil, I think, a lot of times tricks us into thinking, well, unless we're in the Bible 17 hours a day, it's not going to make any difference. I mean, you've got to be in 17 hours a day to make a difference. 
The devil will come lie to us. You got it. You got to be in the word of God 17 hours a day to make a difference. Now, if you just get in the word of God some every day, it'll make a difference. Just like taking a five minute shower, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Just get in the word of God five, 10, 15 minutes a day. It can make a big difference in your life. Don't let the devil trip you up to think to get you thinking you got to, you know, just be in the word of God all the time. I mean, you know, we have lives we have to live. We have to go to work and all that, you know, these sorts of things. But just stay in the word of God a little every day can make a big difference. So keep yourself in the word of God. Here's the second thing. As it pertains to dwelling in the secret place of the most high is you need to keep yourself in the love of God. In the love of God. How many of you know the Bible says God is love? So if you're going to keep yourself in that secret place of the most high, you're going to have to walk in love. You're going to have to stay in love. Somebody said, well, what are you talking about? Well, real quick, hold your place there in Psalm 91. Go to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. I'm taking time with this because you need to know how to get in the secret place, how to stay in the secret place. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 in the Amplified Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 in the Amplified Bible. Notice what the Bible here says about love. These are the things you're going to have to do. To stay in the secret place. Love endures long and is patient and kind. So if you want to be in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to have to endure long. You're going to have to put up with some things. Put up with some people. Put up with some obnoxious people. Has anybody ever met obnoxious people besides me? Anybody ever been obnoxious besides me? But, you know, put up with some things. Be patient. Kind. Love is never envious, nor boils over with jealousy. See, if there's jealousy in your heart, you've got to get that out. If you want to be in the secret place. Is not boastful. No place for boasting or pride. Vainglorious does not display itself haughtily. See, if, there, if there's any of those things in your life, you've got to get them out. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. <clears throat> it's not rude. Love is not rude or unmannerly. Does not act unbecomingly. See, if you run into a Christian that's just rude and acting unmannerly and unbecomingly, or if you're doing it yourself, what can you conclude about that Christian or about yourself? That you're not walking in the secret place of the Most High. You're not, you're not dwelling there. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. See, folks that insist on their own rights, their own way, what are they telling you? Christians that insist on their own rights, their own way. See, they're telling you they're not dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Notice it goes on to say, for it is not self-seeking. Love isn't. It's not touchy. Touchy, touchy, touchy. See, folks are touchy. I've met people before, and I, I used to be this way. You, you asked my wife in the early years of our marriage. She couldn't even hardly look at me, you know, a certain way. If She kind of even frowned a little bit at me. I was just so touchy, 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 touchy. Well, you see, love is not touchy, touchy. I had to deal with that. And get over it. Say get over it. Something you got to get over it. It's not touchy. It's not fretful. Not resentful. Here's one. It takes no account 
of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. But pastor, those people wronged me. They wronged me. They wronged me. Well, look, forgive them. Look, if you refuse to forgive somebody, then what is it? Is it is it hurting them or is it hurting you? Hurting you because it's going to pull you out of that secret place of the most high. It's dangerous to be out of that secret place. Dangerous. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know. Well, you know, I could tell you a story about a cat that to make a dog cry. They didn't get that. It's okay. I could tell you some things what people have done to me. But I pay no attention to it. Not going to get up here and talk about it. Not going to draw any attention to it. I just forgive them and move on. Yeah, but wouldn't you like to bottle rocket their house? Well, sure. I'm just human as anybody else. I'm just as human as you are, but I wouldn't do it. I'm not going to get up and talk about it. You just move right on. Did you hear me? Because it's not worth pulling myself out of that secret place. You pay no attention to suffered wrong. Verse 6, it does not rejoice. Love does not rejoice at injustice, unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready, here we go, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Folks, Chris, I'm talking Christians now that talk bad about folks, that gossip, that, 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 you know, whisper and all of that. You know what I'm talking about? Send those emails, you know, did you hear, are those, now we're into texting, texts, you know, did you hear about sister so-and-so? Or, guys, people that do that are not walking in the secret place of the Most High. Did you hear what I just said? Pastor, if I, if I gossip, does that mean I lose my salvation? No, it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. No, 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 no. But it does mean that you're pulling yourself out of the secret place of the Most High. It's dangerous to be out of that place. How can I know if I'm walking in that secret place of the Most High? If you're ever ready to believe the best of every person. And then the Bible goes on to say that love's hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening and it never fails. And here's one other thing, the third thing. Again, I'm spending a lot of time here on this. How, how can you get in the secret place? And then we'll go ahead and finish the 91st Psalm. Won't take me that long to finish the 91st Psalm, but I want to spend some time here yet. Go to Acts 24:16. How can you know? And this is probably the best test, this one verse here, to see if you're really, as a Christian, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Uh, use Acts 24:16 as, as the ultimate test. Notice here, this is the Amplified Bible, Acts 24:16. Therefore, I, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, I always exercise and discipline myself, mortifying my body, deadening my carnal affections, bodily appetites, and worldly desires, endeavoring in all respects to have a clear, unshaken, blameless, 
conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. Dear friends, this one verse will tell you in that one verse whether or not you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High or not. Notice again, it's an exercise, it's a discipline, it's not easy to do, but it can be done. Paul did it. He said he always, every day, exercised and disciplined himself, putting to death the carnal affections and bodily appetites and worldly desires that he had. Endeavoring in all respects to have a clear Unshaken, blameless conscience. Your conscience. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Conscience. Realize, say conscience. Conscience. You know, when you, when you go to do something you shouldn't do, your conscience will begin to deal with you. Right? I mean, the Spirit of God will deal with you, alright, but your conscience will deal with you. Your conscience. And... If you want to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to have to do these things that he's talking about here in this verse. Most Christians don't want to do this right here. Your body, your flesh doesn't want to do this. But remember, Paul said in another place, he said, I, I, I discipline my body. He said, I bring my body into subjection. I, the King James says, I buffet my body. Or I, I, you know, in other words, you take yourself by the ear and you make your body do what it's supposed to do. It's not easy, but this one verse will tell you whether or not you're dwelling in the secret place of the most high. Is your conscience clear towards fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Is your conscience clear towards people at the workplace where you work? Is your conscience clear towards family members? Have you done something that you need to apologize for? Yeah, but pastor, I'm not going to apologize them. You don't know what they did to me yet. Well, wait a minute. Is it worth, see that attitude right there? That's going to keep you out of the secret place of the Most High, isn't it? Forgive them. Forgive them. Get your conscience clear. Toward men and certainly toward God. Is there anything in your life that should not be there? Is there some secret sin? Is there some, something there that shouldn't be there? You need to deal with that. And, and get, if there is, repent of it. Repent of it. Like one preacher said, he said, admit it, quit it, and forget it. Is that right? If there's something in your life, some sin that shouldn't be there, repent. Quit it. Confess it. Admit it. And the Bible said God would forgive us of all of our sins if we'll repent. Is that right? And confess. And then forget it. Move on. You know, if you step out of love, you step out of that secret place of the Most High. You know what you need to do? You step out of love, step right back in. Just as quick as you stepped out, you can step back in. Is it good to know that when we repent, Jesus will forgive us if we'll repent and confess? Is that right? Is that right? And then the devil will come and he'll start talking to your mind with thoughts. Yeah, yeah, but you, you messed up. You sinned. Just tell the devil to shut up. Can you do that? Well, yeah, the Bible says to do that. In the book of James, it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. 
as in stark raving terror. You know that the devil's more afraid of us than we ever need to be afraid of him if we're in Christ Jesus. A lot of times there's another one of them conditional promises. People want to resist the devil and watch him flee, but he won't flee if you don't submit yourselves, therefore, to God. See, if you'll submit yourself to God, that's another sign that you're in the secret place of the Most High. And then you can resist the devil and he'll flee. So when he comes and says, yeah, but you've sinned, you've messed up, you've got out of the secret place, just resist him. And then repent of whatever it is you did wrong. Ask the Lord to forgive you and get right back in that secret place. Now, it's important to be in that secret place because it's only then that the rest of these verses in Psalm 91 are going to apply to you. So let's go back to Psalm 91. Let's pick up in verse 2 and we'll quickly finish up the message. Psalm 91, verse 2. Now, notice here, Psalm 91, verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God On him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. Well, actually, here's some more conditions. If you want to be in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to have faith in him. And then notice verse 2 said, I'll say of the Lord. Let me ask you a question. What have you been saying about God? You know, there's some people when sickness hits their body, I'm talking Christians now, they'll say, well, the Lord put this on me. How many of you know God doesn't put sickness and disease on folk? How many of you know he doesn't do that? See, if you think he does, then you don't know him. I said, God does not put sickness and disease on folk. But a lot of times I've heard Christians. I said, well, the Lord just put this on me uh, uh, to try to teach me something. No, he gave us the word of God and the precious Holy Spirit to teach us not sickness and disease. You see, there's a lot of people say a lot of I'm talking Christians. Now, they say a lot of things about God. That's not so. I said, they say a lot of things about God. That's not so. Did you hear me? What have you been saying about the Lord? Be sure that you're saying about God what's right, what's right in line with the word of God. The psalmist said here about this person that's dwelling in the secret place. He said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Real loud say, he is my refuge. He's my fortress. And see, what are you saying about the Lord? And then notice verse three for then, for then, see, for then after you've done verse one. You've got yourself in the secret place of the Most High. You're walking in in love. You're walking in line with the Word of God. You're trusting in the Lord. You're saying what's right about God. For then, for then, for then, now then, all the rest of these promises will kick in for a person that's done verse 1 and verse 2. For then, he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. That's a good deal right there. He'll deliver you from the Ebola virus. Have you heard about Ebola? A fearful thing, but stay close to God. Then, see, then, verse 4, he'll cover you with his pinions. And under his wings, you will, uh, you will trust and find refuge. What's that talking about? It's talking about God will protect you like a mama chick will put her wings around her baby chicks and protect them. See, God will put his arms, his his arms around you and protect you if you'll dwell in that secret place of the most high. And his faithfulness are a shield, his truth. Realize, say his truth. Yeah, his truth. What's his truth? His word. His word and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. Well, you know what a shield is. What is a buckler? It's it's a shield. It's just a smaller shield. So you see, when you're in the secret place of the Most High, God will protect you. He'll protect you. 
He'll shield you. And then in verse five, you shall not be afraid of the of the what of the what of the terror. See, when you're living in the secret place of the Most High, you don't have to be afraid of the, of the 530 uh, news on uh, nightly news and what they're going to say. When you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, you don't have to be afraid of Al-Qaeda or ISIS. Is that right? Is that right? What did the Bible say? You'll not be afraid of the what? Of the terror. You'll not be afraid of the terror by by night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots, the slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. Is that wonderful? I know there's been several times over the years where I, you know, I said to Pastor Diane, I said, Looks like we dodged a bullet. How many of you have ever said that about yourself? You know, it looks like we dodged a bullet. Well, actually, if you get right down to it, I know in our life, there's been many times I said, looks like we dodged a bullet on that one. But actually, the bullet would have hit us. It was just that we were in the secret place of the Most High and the bullet deflected off the shield of God. Isn't that wonderful? I tell you what, you can walk so close to God. You can get in a place with God that... uh, uh that the devil try to set your clothes on fire and he'll get his own clothes caught on fire. Did you hear what it just said? See, people that don't know God very well will have a trouble. will have trouble with this message. But I tell you what, you know God and you know who you are in Christ and you get in the secret place of the Most High. I tell you what, you can you can you can you can just take you just take the word of God, spit right in the devil's eye in the name of Jesus. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? Verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Do you believe that? Only a spectator shall you be yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward of the wicked. That's a good deal right there, isn't it? Now, verse 9, because... Here's another because because you've made the Lord your what your refuge and the most high your what your dwelling place. There shall no evil befall you. Nor any plague or calamity come near your tent or your house or your dwelling or your body. That's good, isn't it? For he'll give his angels charge, a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all Your ways of obedience and service. That's a good deal too, isn't it? How many of you know that there are angels? The Bible says they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister. On behalf of those who shall be heirs of salvation. How many of you know that the angels of God are powerful beings, aren't they? Now, you know, there's also demons too. But how many of you know that the angels of God are more powerful than the devil and all of his cohorts? Is that right? And the Bible says that those that be with us are more than those that be with the enemy. Is that right? And you're going to need to know some things about angels. And you're going to need to know how to charge angels. See, 
How do you charge angels? How do you do it? You know the word of God and the Bible says that the angels of God hearken to the word of God. You don't go around bossing angels around, but you go around to declaring the word of God out of your mouth. And that's when the angels will go to work. Praise God. And they'll, they'll do whatever the word of God says. See, if you're going to make it in this, in this hour, the Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect over in the book of Hebrews, if we neglect so great a salvation. Certainly that's talking about the salvation Jesus provided at Calvary. But in the context of that, it's also talking about the ministry of angels. We need to be aware of angels, that they're, they're real, they're mighty beings, they're flames of fire, the Bible says. And they're active and they're here upon the earth. How many of you know we have at least one guardian angel, maybe more? But we put that angel to work and those angels to work when we declare the word of God out of our mouth. Real loud, say, declare the word of God God. out of my mouth. mouth. Yeah, that's how you put the angels to work. You know, uh, it's sad to say most Christians I've run into over the years have no idea about the ministry of angels. But they're real. And they're powerful. And verse 12 says they'll bear you up. In their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Is that wonderful to know? But that's, is that for everybody or just the people dwelling in the secret place of the Most High? People dwelling there, yeah. yeah. Verse 13, you'll tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you'll trample underfoot. What's that talking about? That's talking about that we have authority over demonic power. Is that wonderful to know that? When Jesus was raised from the dead, we got raised with him. Glory to God. And he put all things under his feet. And that would include demonic power. That would include the devil, the demons, sickness and disease. Isn't that good to know? But see, if you want to resist the devil and see him flee, you're going to have to be in the secret place of the Most High. Now notice verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me. This is the psalmist talking about the person that's dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. People that dwell in the secret place of the Most High have set their love upon the Lord Jesus. How many of you love him this morning? Therefore, I'll deliver him who the person that's dwelling in the secret place, the person who set their love upon him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. He knows and understands my name, has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love and kindness, trusts and relies on me, knowing I'll never forsake him. No, never. See, these promises are for people who are dwelling in the secret place of the most high. You can see, can't you see that again and again and again as we go through here? I meant to call more attention to this. Just slip back up to verse 11 for just a moment. Even the angels there. Look at the end of that. And he amplified verse 11. He'll give his angels charge over you to accompany, defend you, preserve you in all your ways of what? Ways of what? Obedience and service. That's for Christians who are living in obedience and service to God. This doesn't, this psalm doesn't apply to Christians that are. Have one foot, so to speak, in the, in the church and one foot in the world. See, people that are 
living in the secret place of the Most High, they've forsaken the world. They've turned their back on the world and they're walking. They've sold completely out to the Lord in every way, shape, form and fashion, you see. Now, verse 15, he'll call upon me and I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. Now, I'm glad verse 15 is in there. Because if verse 15 was in, wasn't in there, then, then we'd have a bit of, a, of an issue. And the reason I say that is simply this. You can look through the Bible and you can see men of God, women of God, who you know that you can study their life. You can see that they were in the secret place of the Most High. But yet when they were in the secret place of the Most High, they still had the devil attack them and they still had some troubles. Didn't they? And you see, if verse 15 wasn't in there, then, then, you know, then we'd, we'd have some issues. We'd say, well, well, how, how come, how come that, you know, well, the Hebrew children, how many remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? How many of you remember them? How many of you know that they were sold out to God? How many of you know they were definitely living in the secret place of the Most High? How many of you know that? Sure they were. And, and, and they knew God would deliver them. They said that, you know, we're going to serve God. And, and even if God doesn't deliver us, we're still going to serve him. How many of you know that they certainly were in the secret place of the Most High? Is that right? But did they have some trouble? Did they have some difficulty? Did they have some persecution? Sure they did. But guess what? In the midst of that fiery furnace, God was with them. Isn't that wonderful? So you do need to realize this, that even when you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High... There are some issues you're going to have to deal with in life. The devil will still attack you at times. He'll still come and try to get a shot in at you. He'll still bring trouble to you, certainly. But the good news is, is that if you're in the secret place of the Most High, that that God will be with you and he'll deliver you. Can you say amen? How many of you know the Apostle Paul? Was he dwelling in the secret place of the Most High? Yeah. Did he exercise himself and did he did he keep his body under control? Yes. Did he keep his conscience clear toward God and man? Yes. If there was ever anybody living in the secret place of the most high, it was the Apostle Paul. But did he get persecuted? Certainly he did. The Bible says all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Paul got persecuted. The devil did get some licks in on him. Paul got stoned one day. And I don't mean drunk. How many of you know (laughs) he got he got beat up, didn't he? Didn't he, didn't he, didn't he? But through that, see, God had people set up there. They came out and prayed for him and and he got raised up and he went right on. And and, and Paul went through all kinds of, of troubles, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. But the thing of it is, is the Lord delivered. Realize, say delivered. The Lord delivered him out of them all. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them what? Out of them what? All. But that applies to somebody that's dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You understand that? So just because you're in that secret place doesn't mean that troubles won't come. They will. But the good news is, is that God will deliver you through those things, just like he did the Hebrew children, just like he did Paul and many other people, you see. And then verse 16 says, with long life, with long life, I will satisfy him. And show him my salvation. With long life. With long life. Realize I say long life. With long life I'll satisfy him. And show him 
my salvation. Now, that's certainly talking about the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ, which will cause us to miss hell and make heaven one day. But that's also talking about deliverance in every way possible here in this life upon the earth. And that's the only way you're going to make it really and have a long life and be satisfied as if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Long life and satisfied. Long life and satisfied. You know, there's a lot of Christians think that, well, you know, I'm just going to die whenever God decides for me to die. And, and I got to die sick because you got to die of something. You know, people that talk like that don't know God. Now, they might be born again, but they don't really know God. I said they don't know him. I said they don't know him. You know, ever since I've been a kid, I, 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 the Lord, I, he's helped me with this. I can listen to a minister preach about five minutes and tell you whether or not he, he really knows God or not. You know, there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. I said there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. See, I know about President Barack Obama, but I don't know the man. Is that a good example? I know about him, but I don't, I don't know. I've never spent time with him. See, there's a lot of people know about God. There's not a lot of Christians. They, they know a lot of things about God, but they don't really know him. I can tell. I listen to somebody preach five minutes. I can tell if they, they, if they're walk, if they know God or just know about him. We want to know God. We want to walk close to him. And you can get close to him. You can you can can walk with him and get to the point where and study the Bible. You'll see that that when we when we go out of here. We should go out on our terms, not the devil's terms. I don't believe a person ought to die sick. I said, I don't believe a person ought to die sick. What do you mean? We got to do something. No, you don't. You live out your days. What has God promised us? 120 years. Is that right? Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, but I thought it was 70. That's for the Israelites in the wilderness. Go back to Genesis. You'll see he's promised us 120 years. Is that right? Am I getting too radical for you all? We're just, just believing the Bible. With long life. See, I'm, I'm 50, so that would mean I got, you got to put up with me how much longer? 70 more years. <laughs> See, I, I, you lose a lot of Christians right there when you start to, uh, you, well, you're seven years older than me, so you go seven years. Well, let's don't get into that. 63. Say long life. Yeah. Long life and study the Bible. You'll see a lot of those patriarchs when they died. That one guy, I like what he did. He got up there, up many, well, up in, well, Moses. How many of you know Moses? He died at 120 and he could see just as well as when he was a kid. Is that right? He could hear his physical senses were just as good as when he was a kid. Is that right? Now, is that right? I said, is that right? And that one, that one patriarch, he got up in years. It was time for him to go. He, now listen, he called his descendants in. He blessed them. He pulled his feet up in bed and dismissed his spirit. Long life. I'll satisfy him. We live till we're satisfied down here. Amen.
you get to talking about this stuff, you lose most Christians. Because they don't know what I'm even talking about. Long life. Long life. Long life. Long life. Realize, say long life. Long life. Yeah. I remember, and I'll close with this. I remember years ago when I was a kid, when I say a kid, I was probably about 20. And I went with the pastor of this church I was serving in at the time. And we went by a nursing home and we picked up a a fella that he was probably in midlife. He was maybe in his 50s. You can believe this or not. It's no difference to me. But uh, how many of you would agree with me that it pays to live in the secret place of the Most High? Your whole life, as long, you know, from the time you get saved, to stay close to God. And I remember we went to this nursing home, and, and I'd walk through there, and I'd been in them when I was younger with my grandma and both grandmas. And but it'd been many years since I'd been in one, and I was uh, we picked this guy up, and I'd seen some just some terrible just things just make you cry just sad and i got angry with the lord has anybody ever got angry with the lord besides me no david got angry with the lord I, you know just just and I, and I and i remember we went down to this church and and i went in the sanctuary and the pastor was with this fellow we were early and nobody else had gotten there yet and and i remember i went out in the sanctuary nobody was out there just me and I remember there's a wooden pulpit, and I remember I just we, I start weeping and sobbing and sobbing and weeping and crying and weeping, angry with the Lord why He would let all that suffering those people down there, you know, Lord why you know those elderly people down there why you letting them suffer like that? I, I was I was I was I was sad and grieved and angry all. Have you ever been sad, grieved, angry all at the same time? And the Lord spoke to my heart. You know He does that. He spoke to my heart as I'm sobbing and crying. He spoke to my heart. And he said this to me. You can believe it or not. It makes me no difference. He said this to me. He said, now he didn't say all. He said the majority of those people are reaping what they've sown. Now, not all of them, but the majority of them. You think about it. You take somebody that lives their whole life apart from God, apart from the secret place of the Most High, and they just, you know. It's not God's will for us to go out in a nursing home. Did you hear me? It's not God's will for us to go out sick. And my mama's in a nursing home. She didn't know things about God that. That we know that we've, you know, I tried to get it through to her, but thank God we got her saved. Amen. And she's going to heaven when, when, it, when, when, when she goes and she doesn't always act saved. You know, I was in a nursing home one time. This will help you as much as anything else. And she was, you know, not acting too good. and Maybe saying some things she should have been saying. And, and uh, I, some of the folks knowing I'm a pastor, they kind of looked at me and I said, you know, well, she doesn't, she doesn't always act saved. You know, I got to thinking about that. Neither do most Christians I know. And I'll help you one better. Neither do most preachers I know, and neither do I. Do you always act saved? How many of you know it's not by works of righteousness which we've done, but it's according to His grace and mercy? Is that right? So is that right? 
Praise God. So we got her saved. But my mama, it wasn't the best for her to wind up there. Simply preach this to try to get you to see that there is a place you can walk with God. And a place you can get with God. And get in that place and stay in that place and walk in that place. It doesn't mean everything's always going to go perfect for you. But he'll deliver you through some things. And, and, and you'll come out on the other side of that fiery furnace not even smelling the smoke. And you can live a long life. And you can live a satisfied life. And you can get to the end of your days like the Apostle Paul when he was an old man. He you know, said, said I, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Is that right? And he went out with joy. And that's the way to go out. Is that right? Did you get anything out of this? I preached about 20 minutes too long, but just felt there's some things we needed to say. Stand with me if you would. I hope this blessed you in some way. Did you get anything out of it? Yes. All right. It's okay. I preached a little longer today. Okay. All right. Well, do all little quiz here. This is a teacher come out in me. Do all Christians automatically get in the secret place? No. There's things you have to do. Is that right? All right. Well, get yourself in that place. Stay there. That's where you want to be. Now, Brian's going to come. He's going to take about two minutes and do an altar call, close, close up the message, and, and challenge people lovingly to get in that secret place if, they, if they're not there. Amen. Hallelujah. Where's your dwelling place this morning?